Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Allentown's Sermon Podcast. As we approach God's Word, let's take a prayerful breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. Listen to God's Word this day. Good morning. My name is Andy Baranek. I'm currently serving on the Board of Deacons. Please join me in our prayer for illumination. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Open us to your life-giving word. Quiet the voices within us that do not align with your will. Focus our minds on the message you intend for us so we may faithfully discern your way. Amen. We turn to God's word this morning, reading first from the book of First Chronicles, chapter 29, verses 10 through 13. Let us listen to God's word. Then David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, are the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and on the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom. O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and it is in your hand to make great and to give strength to all. And now, our God, we give thanks to you and praise your glorious name. Our second scripture is from the book of Revelation, reading from the 11th chapter, verses 15 through 19. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. Then the twenty-four elders, who sit on their thrones before God, fell on their faces and worshipped the God, singing, We give you thanks, Lord God Almighty, who are and who were, For you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, but your wrath has come, and the time for judging the dead, for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints, and all who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was seen within his temple, and there were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. And our third scripture is from the Gospel of Luke, reading from the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 4. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, 
say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us and do not bring us to the time of trial. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you to God. Today we conclude our journey through the Lord's Prayer, arriving at our final sentence, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now this line is not found in Jesus's original prayer. In Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, as Andy just read for us, nor is this line found in the Lord's Prayer according to the Gospel of Matthew. This part of the prayer, the final sentence, was added by the early church, and it's our focus for today. Throughout these past eight weeks, we have explored the Lord's Prayer, line by line, allowing it to shape our understanding of prayer and deepen our connection to God. And at times throughout this series, we have delved into the depths of Albert Curry Wynn's book, A Christian Primer. Wynn emphasizes the need for Christians to fully grasp the relevance of the Lord's Prayer that Jesus gave us 2,000 years ago, not as mere recitations, but as our embodiment of our faith and trust in God today. We continue that embodiment today as we explore the concluding line. But before we start diving into the words of the final line, we need to talk about why this sentence is part of our prayer, even though according to the two gospels where the Lord's prayer is found, this line is not. Now, if any of you have a Catholic background, you might have realized the Catholic version of the Lord's Prayer would have concluded last week with, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Similar to how the prayer concludes in both the Gospels of Luke and Matthew. But as Protestants, we conclude the prayer with the affirmation, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. According to the Gospel of Luke, Jesus taught his disciples this prayer before his death and resurrection. In fact, Jesus taught his disciples this prayer as he was approaching his death upon the cross, as he was heading into the holy city of Jerusalem. Jesus knew what was to come in the few short days ahead, so it would make sense that Jesus would end the prayer that he taught his disciples on a somber note, lead us not into temptation, as he was making his way to the cross. But the early church, they lived through Jesus's miraculous story. Despite the cross, despite the shadow of Gethsemane, Despite the horror of Calvary, despite persecution, despite martyrdom, despite death, resurrection triumphed over all of it. And to make sure that this cry of triumph 
was heard loud and clear by everyone, the early church took King David's words as recorded in 1 Chronicles as their own. Now David, when he wrote these words, he was singing praises to God after the materials for the great temple that Solomon would build were assembled. On the verge of great change, like the start of the temple, David wanted all prayers of praise and thanksgiving to be given to God and only to God. And he wanted the entire world for everyone to know who these prayers were given onto. It was only fitting that on another great change, on the verge of another great change, like the start of the Christian church, the early followers of the way would also want all of their prayers of praise and thanksgiving to be given to God. And they wanted everyone to know, especially those who persecuted them, that they knew exactly who ruled over them. This addition to the prayer by the early church was to serve as a doxology, a hymn of praise to God that summarized their faith. It was a way for the early church to assert their trust in God's eternal sovereignty, power, and glory in a time of great persecution and uncertainty. Unlike all of the petitions that came before it in the Lord's Prayer, this part of the prayer was not a petition onto God, but it, rather it was an affirmation to who God is and God's rule over humankind. This was the early church's confession of faith. And still today, it is also our confession of faith. When we conclude the Lord's Prayer, we are praying that what we have asked of God is, is in fact already done. That it is the affirmation that God answers our prayer as we pray it. The relevance of this line in today's world cannot be overstated. We too now live in a time of uncertainty and challenge. We face personal struggles, societal issues, and global crises. Yet, just as the early church found solace in God's eternal reign, so can we. The conclusion to the Lord's Prayer is a faithful and powerful nevertheless. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we are not praying our Abba, all is right in this world. Therefore, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Therefore, all praise and honor are yours, O God. No, we're not saying that at all when we pray the Lord's Prayer. It's the opposite. Think about it like this. Some of the world's leaders today, like tyrants of the past, bring great harm to the innocent. There are countries across our world that still allow for the death of countless children. They allow for the persecution of individuals based off of their beliefs, their gender, their race, or their orientation. We still pray, nevertheless, thine is the kingdom. 
There are some people in power today who have the ability to displace and make refugees of the poor. In this century, we're well aware there are millions, millions who are forced to flee their homes as refugees. And that's just one example of power abuse. The powerful continue to amass more powerful, ruthlessly enforcing their will while the powerless grow weaker, struggling to fulfill their own needs. And when the church attempts to engage with this power struggle, it's labeled too political. And when the church, inspired by God, aligns themselves with the powerless, it might appear as weak or foolish. But nevertheless, for thine is the power. And in today's world, everything, everything besides God is given splendor. The masses celebrate athletes, musicians, comedians, while the name of God is disrespected and dishonored as basic human rights are debated and stripped across our country. Nevertheless, thine is the glory. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we are praying our Abba, we are hungry, feed us. Our Abba, we are sinful, forgive us. Our Abba, we are facing evil, save us. And even though we are hungry and sinful and experiencing evil, nevertheless, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Because we have faith that God will always, always feed us, forgive us, and save us. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, always. Even though our futures are uncertain, nevertheless, our faith is in God. The final line of the Lord's Prayer stands as a beacon of hope, no matter where we find ourselves in life. It reminds us to shift our focus from our individual needs and concerns to the grandeur of God's kingdom. It calls us to expand our vision and recognize our ultimate purpose in this life is to align our lives with God's eternal plan. In a world where power structure, structures crumble, where justice often seems distant, and where the pursuit of glory can lead to despair, the final line of the Lord's Prayer invites us to place our trust in God's unfailing authority. It is a reminder that true power resides not in human hands, but in the hands of our loving Creator, who upholds justice, mercy, and love for all of creation. This prayer extends beyond the boundaries of time. It speaks to our present circumstances and it resonates with the cries of our heart. It teaches us to find peace and strength in knowing that God remains in control. 
God's kingdom is unshakable. God's power is limitless. God's glory is everlasting. And it is in God's kingdom that we find justice. It is in God's power that we find strength. And it is in God's glory that we find hope. As we conclude our exploration of the Lord's Prayer, and as we conclude our series this summer, may we carry with us a renewed understanding of the words that we say each week. We must remember that these words are not empty. These words are an affirmation to our own unwavering faith. Nevertheless, what is happening in our world so returning back to Albert Curry Wynn, this is how he concludes his reflection on the Lord's Prayer. Listen to these words. Does the Lord's Prayer end with a great self-deception? Are we saying that what is obviously not true is true after all? Not exactly. The Hebrew prophets used a strange and wonderful grammar. They spoke of the certain future in the present tense. What God says will be, already is. The end of our prayer declares that in spite of those who presently exercise the rule and the power and the glory, in spite of the ecological crisis and the nuclear buildup and all else that threatens us, this is the world's future. God's name shall be hallowed. God's kingdom shall come. God's will shall be done. We cannot say how or when, but the promises of God stand sure. So we end our prayer by shouting in the grammar of the prophets, tomorrow is here. When continues, why do we stand for the hallelujah chorus when Handel's Messiah is performed? Not just because a king of England stood so long ago, but because of that magnificent text from Revelation declares our wildest hopes to be our present truth. And Handel found music that says, yes, it is true after all. Quiet now. Can you hear it above the wails of the ambulances, fire engines, and police cars? Above the whine of jets carrying death on their wings, the throbbing of submarines carrying depth, death into the depths of the sea, the crash of falling bombs, the roar of helicopters, the rattle of small arms. Above the strident debates in Congress and in the United Nations, do you hear it? The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. 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 To which all of us say, Amen. It is so. May it be so. And may we now live as though it already is so. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to First Presbyterian Church of Allentown Sermon Podcast. We hope you'll join us for worship on Sunday morning. For more information about our congregation and our ministries, please contact the church office. Now go in peace.